Are you a character? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Characters Here Podcast. I'm your host, Arthur and artist, Sharday. To get all this personality and entertainment, you can follow me on social media at Characters Here. And for more information, visit CharactersHere.com. Born in Germany of a military family, her mother is from Panama and her father is from Nigeria. Now she lives in Miami, Florida. She attended Barry University, a Catholic school in Miami Shores, Florida, where she earned three degrees, public relations, political science, and public administration. She's a marketing consultant and co-founder of a boutique marketing firm, a ghostwriter of over 300 books, and now the author of her book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, a guided journey for failing forward. With hopes to inspire individuals to achieve their dreams, this newlywed, at 32 years young, and a special guest on Characters Here podcast, Vivian Oladen. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, hearing all of that at once, it's like, wow, pat on the back, girl. <laughs> but it's such an honor to be on the show with you. I'm very happy to be here. And thank you, all of you all, for listening and tuning in. Take us to the beginning. What was your childhood like? What were you like as a kid? Oh, well, me as a kid, I was a fun child. I always liked to get into new things. I was a kid who liked to play games and I enjoyed spending time with my family because we moved a lot around a lot as a military brat. So um, I was very close with my brothers, my two older brothers, my mom and my dad. Is there any funny stories or just any moments from your childhood that sticks out? (laughs) (laughs) I think that a funny story that sticks out are kind of tricks that my older brothers would play on me. Um, I remember my uh, middle older brother would uh, thought it was really funny to tell me that uh, sugar was made of maggot. (laughs) The kind of (laughs) thing you run into when you have older brothers. So he would tease me about that. And I know I went through a season where I wouldn't use any sugar or flour or anything like that just because I was afraid of what it was made of. Oh my goodness, the torture. (laughs) The torture. The torture. What did you want to be when you were younger? When I was younger, I wanted to be a paleontologist or an archaeologist. I wanted to focus my energy on studying the history of animals, uh, as a paleontologist does. They're the ones who know all about the dinosaurs. And an archaeologist studies history, and I was very interested in um, ancient history, and I still am. It's what dictates all of my vacations these days. How did all of that, um, your childhood, play a part in you deciding that you want to go to college. Oh, all of that played a huge role. My family, I come from a family where everyone really values education. Um, Both of my parents Mm -hmm. have college degrees. By the time I went to college, my father was a college professor. He actually taught political science. Um, So um, Mm -hmm. because education was always seen as an important thing, and it was kind of a no-brainer that, of course, when you finish school, you'd go to college. So For me, um, because I did grow up in a military home, I knew that I wasn't quite athletic or that I wanted to be in the military myself, but I wanted to participate in um, how the country is run. So that's why I decided to study political science and public relations, because I love to be around people and promote things and bring exposure to things that need to be seen by more people. Tell us, what was your college experience? What was your 
story of college was there any humble beginnings <laughs> were you the broke college student or were you able to get in there and just get things done oh I was definitely the broke college student I I started in my entrepreneurial journey because I was so broke. Um, I went to college when I was 17 years old. So I graduated school early and went to Barry. And while I was at school at Barry, I really struggled with the difference of how education is kind of um, embraced from the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, in the West Coast, they really promote um, commutative learning and learning in in activities and projects and stuff like that. So on the East Coast, I noticed that there's a lot of um, technique and technical theory and stuff, but you don't actually use what you're learning. And for me, I found that challenging. So when I was in school, I started um, an organization that was a fashion club. And I thought that it would be a great opportunity since I'm studying political science and I'm studying public relations to promote the local boutiques and stores that were all around my university. And for me, I was so broke and I was walking through all these very nice boutiques close to my school. And I asked one of the clerk, the, you know, the cashier lady who was there and not knowing that she was the owner of the boutique. I said, hey, if I can get more people to come in the store, would you give me this dress for free? Because <laughs> I, I didn't have any money or anything, but I knew that I know how to get people to come out and participate and stuff. And she just kind of mm-hmm. looked at me and let me pick out all the clothes. I was shocked because she let me walk away with hundreds, hundreds of, <laughs> of dollars in, in product. And she let me put on the fashion show. And I held my word I was able to bring more people in the store and showcase her business and I got that dress for free and that's how I started my first company oh that's amazing and I joke uh, sometimes with some of my um, counterparts and even my husband I say you know I don't need money I have personality (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) all you have to do is like lean into the skills lean into the things that you're good at the things you enjoy and the things that can help other people and the money will come and it and it yes. certainly did but it but I definitely didn't start with it in hand <laughs> what is one of the most uh, valuable lessons that you learned in college well the most valuable lesson I would say I learned in college was to value the relationships that you can build because mm-hmm. you never know who can be helpful to you or who you'll be able to be to be a bridge for later on um, I think that even though yeah. there's so many different ways to gain knowledge these days, I mean, you can Google anything, yes. but <laughs> when it comes down to being able to connect with other people and to make it in the world, I still think that traditional college has that extra boost that can help you as you're, mm-hmm. you know, stepping into adulthood and going from being a student to go, stepping into the workplace and needing internships. And you'll find that when you go through that process, you're going to need a lot of letters of recommendation. And, you know, there's even some mm-hmm. jobs that they're going to look for you to be able to have other people who can speak for you. So I think that the university system, and certainly for me at Barry University, Um, was being able to engage and connect with people from all around the world who had a lot of different backgrounds who could feed into me culturally and also um, with the same types of uh, values. Exactly. That is so true. This this journey of life, (laughs) I think sometimes when we're young, we think we have to get stuff now. We have to do it now because if we don't, that's the end of it. But it really is a journey that it's a lifelong journey. What is your um, thoughts about this? 
when you're getting to a place in your life where you feel like you're running out of time, what's the best way to tackle that instead of being like, oh, I have to do this now or that's it. I'm going to be old and (laughs) not have this. Well, I just published my first book, Stumbling Through Adulthood. Um, And in my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, I talk about all of the kind of things that I rushed through as I was growing up and thinking Mm -hmm. that I had to to make decisions really quickly. And I kept finding out that a lot of the times when I was seeing something in my life that I didn't like, it was because I didn't take the time to really look at it from a bird's eye view and take the time to Mm -hmm. assess it. Am I doing this because I care about it or am I doing it because other people care about this thing? And that's why I structured my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, as a guided journal uh, for failing forward Mm -hmm. to encourage the reader to really take some time. And, you know, I, I put myself up there so that you can just judge me, read me for Phil. (laughs) for for the decisions that I made but I put myself out there hoping that the reader will have an opportunity to say well I wouldn't do it that way I would do it this way because when you're right in the moment you don't usually have the time to think about what it is that you're doing you're just making the best decision with the information that you have at that time so I think that it's super important to Number one, take action. I don't think that it's okay to kind of spend too much time thinking where you get analysis paralysis. Um, You know, (laughs) it's okay to make mistakes because you're going to make mistakes because you're a human. Nobody's perfect. Um, So but but I wouldn't say that that it that it's so important that you think things through all the time or that you're right all the time, because honestly, all the life lessons that you really need, you're not going to make it, make those lessons or learn those things until you make a mistake. You don't master riding the bike until you fall and get your balance. To get the most out of life is to pay attention, to Mm. be prepared, and then to be okay with however the outcome is. Because when when you prepare yourself, you're not going to fall all the way down to the ground. You might you know, you might trip, but you're not going to like falling from, from a 50 foot building. It's okay. You have to be okay making mistakes because you're just not perfect. And nobody is. That's why I named the book stumbling through adulthood because nobody's walking a straight line. We have to get into some topics on this book. I'm really excited. Look, one of the first topics we want to touch on is self-sabotage. Um, it, it happens <laughs> to the best of us. But how can we use it to get to success? Well, self, I think with self-sabotage, it's one of these things where you just have to acknowledge that, that it's being done. Because if you're operating mm. in denial and saying, I'm doing everything right and things aren't working out, then you're giving up your power in your life to external things. And that's not really how things work. I mean, you have a lot of responsibility and control and power in how your life turns out, mostly because of the privilege that a lot of us have of just being in the Western world where, you know, a lot of our Mm -hmm. listeners are probably in a Western situation in the U.S. or in an English speaking country in Europe or wherever it may, wherever you may be. But if you're in Mm -hmm. those places chances are you have a lot of control over what you do from day to day. And I, I found myself, you know, I was dating the same kind of guy. I was mad because I was getting cheated on. 
But then I didn't want to acknowledge that the very first date that I had this person, I asked them, you know, why, why did they break up with their last last person they were dating and they were saying oh well I wasn't really talking to nobody I was just talking to her or we were just kicking it or whatever uh-huh. right it's like these are red flags sweetheart yeah. <laughs> these are red flags these are red flags <laughs> that you know this is not a person who's looking for that or or you know you might go after a job or a major that you know you don't really care about and you're like why can't I study mm-hmm. why can't I focus But when you peel back on, you know, what's your motivating you, you know that you're doing that major because maybe someone in your family thinks that it's the right fit for you or you're doing it because you think you're going to make more money doing that than if you followed something Mm -hmm. in the arts or um, in another area. And that's why you can't focus. It's not it's not because you're not smart or you're not good enough. It's because you don't care. That's what happens. And give yourself a break and learn to laugh at yourself oh my goodness oh my goodness positive vibes only I feel like it has become like a trend but it's a good trend I I like the trend but how can we navigate in a world that's uh, filled with some people being negative (laughs) (laughs) how can we deal with that well you know what I think um the something that really clicked with me when I when I was in college too was a friend of mine And she definitely came from a different background than me, her, you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about going to Barry University. You know, my name is Vivian and Mm -hmm. I've watched many, many episodes of Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air on rerun, you know, and I was like, um, I'm like, I want to go to private school. I want to have that experience because I never had that experience growing up. And and, um, Barry University is a private school. And one of my classmates she was from Northampton. Her dad was a doctor. And I, you know, had been hearing about those um, white parties with Diddy and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, that's where you're yeah. from. That's so crazy. <laughs> that's so cool. And one time she said to me, we were, we were both going through uh, midterms. It was very stressful. And she said, you know, how you feel is a decision. You just have, you have mm. to decide how you feel. She's like, and I, I decide to feel good today just like that. And it was a comment that she said, she said it in passing. But for me, it was a triggering comment, because I watch her live that way. I watch her. Wow, you know, because there's so many situations where you can feel um, you can feel like a victim, especially when people are judging you or they're coming down on you or you know, giving you a hard time or they don't want to help you when you have a dream or a passion or anything, but you choose how you feel about that. That is so important. But how can you like shield your, protect your own um, energy in a sense so that it doesn't, because sometimes we just can't avoid those type of types of people. How can we just still protect our emotions from, from that type of you know that energy well I have a colleague who who talks about putting on her emotional armor and uh, really mm-hmm. protect you know and and for her she would physically take her hands from the top of her head right above her head and cascade her hands down her body and say I am putting on my emotional armor and walking into this situation <gasps> and some and funny enough I think we've all heard about power posing 
And the the fact yes. of actually pulling your arms up and doing that stretch and doing that motion does release um it does release uh I believe it's serotonin, dopamines in the body when you're moving. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of um things that are released when you actually exercise. Um, to boost your energy and make you feel better. Now, I come from a Christian background and I do pray regularly and mm-hmm. I do look mm-hmm. at things like, you know what? I'm going to pray for that person because how you yes. feel has nothing to do with me. Because the same way that if you're, if you're very, very happy, your happiness is a, is a plus for me. But any challenges I have in my mm-hmm. life are not fixed because the other person is happy. Just... just the same way that like if they're upset the good things in my life are not any less because the person is upset so you know you own your feelings and I'm gonna own mine Mm -hmm. and we still you know if you're in a work environment you still have to get the work done you still have to operate with these people um but Mm -hmm. you're not responsible for absorbing other people's feelings and that's that's a lesson I had to learn because me being an extrovert there's been many opportunities and many things in my life where I've spoken up for other people who are introverts or are, you know, quieter in that particular situation. And I've had to like deal with the brunt of that because when you speak up, you're the one who gets the, the feedback, right? You're the one who gets (laughs) bullied in that situation. And so me being a big mouth, I have to learn to be like, okay, I can take it. I can take it because I'm going to continue to say what I have to say anyway. So I can take it. But I choose how I feel about it. And whether or not you like it, Mm -hmm. I still, this is America. And one thing about America, whether you like it or not, you have a right to say what you want to say. You do. Mm -hmm. In every situation, you have a right to say what you want to say. Oh, that's so true. I think it just comes down to people Speaking up. That's really all it takes. <laughs> I yes. don't you know. I don't want to hear that you, from you. You know, and, and you can say that. You have a right to protect your energy. You can. You can. Just so people can even avoid getting into situations like that, how can they identify toxic people or people who bring off a negative type of uh, vibe with them? How can people recognize it before they even get involved? <laughs> Well, um, uh, I think that the first first things first is to understand yourself and what kind of personality you have and when it, what kind of environment you thrive in, because there will be situations where it's not the people. Sometimes it is you. Sometimes you're oh the goodness, problem yes. and you don't, you don't need to be in that yeah. environment. And the beautiful thing about the world we live in is that there's opportunity everywhere. Don't ever start thinking that you're stuck in whatever situation you're in and that you can't go anywhere else because that's, that's also not true first. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. the second thing about that is you're in a toxic relationship when you feel like you have to make excuses uh, for the other person's behavior. If you find that uh, you are the butt of a joke regularly, that is beyond, you know, beyond reason. If you find that the person is being manipulative or using information that you've given them to affect you in a negative way. um, If you ever feel like you're being held hostage, all of those situations are situations that are, you know, red flags that this is a toxic relationship 
And yes. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking at if you're looking at um a situation from the outside and you're just seeing that, oh hey, I think I'm walking into something that is not correct, usually you'll get a gut feeling about it. And you what will. your obligation mm-hmm. is in that environment is again to know yourself enough to either speak up or step away. Do you believe that that plays a part in what people want? Especially when I'm thinking about women in particular, uh, Lee, when we're like, I don't, not for sure. Like he looks like he's the type of guy that I want, but, <laughs> but you're just not really being truly honest. It's just based upon what maybe he's shown you. Maybe he should, says, you know, this is what my future is going to look like, or this is what I have. And that all sounds good. Maybe to what something your parents would want you to mm-hmm. be with. And so <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's, that has to be it. But something in you is like, maybe not all yeah, of it. <laughs> it's not right. And one thing I will say, I really believe in intuition. If you feel like something is yeah. wrong, there's a hundred percent something is wrong, girl. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether he's simply just keeping something from you, because I've always heard, I've heard often where um, couples are together and things are going really well, and honestly, right before they get engaged the the woman might feel like there's something that's been off but most likely it's because he's trying to hide the fact that he's shopping for a ring talking to your friends talking to your family <laughs> you know um, there's like good yeah. things happening but whether or not you can feel when something's not right like something is going on yeah. when somebody's keeping yeah. something from you so you know it's it comes back to really knowing yourself i think in a from a woman's perspective in dating I myself went through many, many phases of dating where I dated, I dated partners who were, who would please my family. I've dated partners who Mm -hmm. would please um, my vision of who I want to be in the future. I've dated partners who, uh, who please the persona that I think I am. And I mean, I've gone through all of those different things. And I think it's it's difficult to to go to date somebody when you don't know what you want. And I also think that women have to feel free to date. Yes, seriously. Oh, my goodness. You know, to find who your life partner is going to be. I mean, for me, I am 32 years old. I got married this year and I definitely spent. You know, I would I would say like from 22 to maybe 20, 26 or so, I, I spent that time feeling like mm-hmm. I need to find somebody. I should like, why am I single? Everybody else can get married. They're having kids and this and that. <laughs> and, you know, and because I'm a black woman, too. I mean, statistically, oh, if you man. hit 33, I mean, for every dating statistic, they like to tell us that we're the last ones to get married or we don't get married and we yeah. and we're single mothers and like all these different you know, just knowledge that you have kind of in the back of your mind that you're, you know, I'm just going to be alone mm-hmm. forever. And honestly, right, that mm-hmm. should not be, a, not shouldn't feel like a death sentence because I'm married right now, but I love yeah. myself. And if I'm alone, I was happy alone. I right. was. Yeah. And you should be. You should be yeah. able to enjoy yourself. You should. I feel like you get to know yourself. You get to know what you really like and what you really don't like when you're <laughs> when you're single and you don't have to worry about oh am I 
should I do it this way? Or, you know, <laughs> you don't have those pressures because the pressure is basically just you <laughs> and your time spending with yourself. You really get to know yourself. But even in my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, I talk about, you know, what it's like to kind of truly be, you know, be a boss babe. Like I have my own businesses. Yeah. I was very successful in my corporate jobs. You know, I had staff, had to tell people what to do. And when I was even with my friends, I'm kind of, you know, I'm an extrovert. So I'm the social coordinator. If I want to <laughs> go on vacation, I tell everybody, I'm like, let's get in the WhatsApp group, tell everybody what's going on. And so I had to learn to trust that somebody else could be just as responsible as me. And mm. I didn't have to tell them, you know, what to do, or I don't have to decide where we go for dinner or dates or any of those things. And the more that I saw that my now husband is, is a, you know, a self-sufficient actual grown person who can function on his own. He does not need me to do anything for Mm. him. You know, those kind of things are important to me. And there's other women who need Mm. to be with somebody who needs them. And for me, I'm the exact yes. opposite. I need to be with somebody who can care for me because I care for everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when, when right. I get home, I need somebody who cares that I didn't drink water today and will tell me, you need to drink some water, girl. Get hydrated. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, you, you want. Know what you want. And don't be ashamed mm-hmm. of that either oh. because, you know, being that I am an entrepreneur no. and I do run my own business. I think that it's really trendy to say, like, I'm a, I'm a woman. I can do everything by myself. I'm independent, this, that, and third. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I know that, that that's what a lot of people want to hear. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. When I'm home, in my relationship, my <laughs> husband cares about me. I don't have to, like, bossing him around and begging for attention. That's not the, that's not the relationship I have. And nor is it one that I want. Right. Oh, my goodness. I'm, like, really in love with everything I'm hearing I would like you to share with everyone like a like a synopsis of Stumbling Through Adulthood and where they can purchase it. Oh, sure. Stumbling Through Adulthood uh, is a collection of short stories all about growing up from the ages of high school on through college and into the adult workplace. It's a guided journal for failing forward. There's uh, illustrations in the book along with the short stories and pages for you to write down your thoughts privately so that you can go back and read them and reflect on becoming the better version of you. You can find the book at stumblingthroughadulthood.com and you can find out more about me at vivianoladen.com. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-O-L-O-D-U-N.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on all the platforms at Vivian Olo. And speaking of like all of the shout now, what about the supportive team, your family and friends? Have they said or done anything encouraging that just kind of lifted you up when you were feeling like overwhelmed or stressed out? Oh, yes. One thing I can say is that my entire family have been such a motivating factor for everything that I've been able to accomplish in my life. Um, sometimes they've taught me lessons because of the conflicts that we've had other times they've been a -hmm. complete parachute of peace and support in different challenges outside of our relationships my husband of course has been amazing through this process and through many 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 things that I've gone through and I look forward to him supporting me and 
uh, the things that we care about throughout the rest of our lives. I have to say thank you to my team at Flourish Media, which is my boutique marketing company based in Miami, Florida. They are responsible for my book design, all of the different materials that come with it. Um, They've been amazing. And then just what advice can you give someone you know, that feels like they're at their lowest low at this point and they don't know how they're going to get get up or get out of this situation. What advice could you give them? Trouble doesn't last always. Mm. Is that it doesn't matter how good or bad things change is a constant in life. And I really believe that you are very powerful in how your life comes out and the way that you curate your life. And if you're finding that you don't like the way that your life is right now, then take a moment and start writing down some of the decisions or things that have happened that have brought you to that spot. And at the same time, start taking action. When you go to sleep, go to sleep at night knowing that other people are going through the same kind of trauma. You are not by yourself. When you wake up in the morning, you decide to do something different. You'd be surprised what one different decision from day to day will compound to giving you a different life oh I love that that is something I think that a lot of people have to remember you're not alone there's other people going through the same thing is there a quote you live by like from a uh, a book you've read or just someone in your life that just is something that you always have to go to to just get you back on point? <laughs> well, what can I say? I I think that, like I said, I mean, I do come from a Christian background. So a lot of the principles have been, you know, kind of just cemented on my heart. So a lot of those things help me to be able to move forward is that, um, you know, that not, God doesn't put anything on you that you can't handle. And that Mm. to me is, is a very important principle that, you know, a lot of these things that we go through, there are tests to see how we'll be able to handle something in in the future. And, and my goal is to continue to grow my resilience. Now I will say this, actually thought just came to mind. I can remember there was a point in my, in my twenties where I used to pray. Well, my prayer from high school, from high school basically to middle school was to make me wise. I used to yeah, I used to pray all the time to God to make me wise. And somewhere in my 20s I realized that you know, if you are wise, God doesn't, you know, just inject you with wisdom. He has to put you in situations <laughs> put you in situations that are very hostile and challenging so that you can practice being wise. And I decided mm-hmm. to change my prayer. I said, you know, God, don't make me any wiser than <laughs> what I am. I've been through too much. Okay, I'm like Lord. I'm like I need you to create to to give me space to enjoy my wisdom. That's what I asked for. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the you know what? Oh my gosh, God, he, he listens, listens. and I think. We really don't pay attention to what we, that's why our grandma always say, be careful what you be praying for, you know, <laughs> you got to make sure you're really particular because mm-hmm. if you say something, y'all like, oh, that sounds like oh, a challenge. Because yeah. <laughs> it will give you a challenge. So yeah, I just wanted to, I want to yeah. enjoy my life. That's right. what I asked for. And, yeah. and I have to say, yeah, it's definitely done that for me. We all know that 2019 is coming to an end. Do you have any projects or goals that you would like to finish? 
before the new year yes uh writing the book stumbling through adulthood has opened up a lot of doors for me and a lot of conversations that i don't get to have in my uh, regular business as a marketing advisor and a marketing consultant mm-hmm. um and a lot of people have been asking mm-hmm. me about college readiness workplace readiness um and making sure that you're you know just operating in very strong soft skills so that you can navigate mm-hmm. the world um and so my business what i've been doing is uh, structuring training series that speak exactly to that. So college readiness, preparing to go after interviews, going after uh, different um, job opportunities and promotions and being able to really stand in your um. truth. So I would like to be able to implement more of those trainings before the end of the year, get it in place and get some things scheduled to speak to that because it's much needed. That is a perfect goal to have to, towards the end. Okay, list your top three things that you've done this year that was like a goal or something that just happened that was an accomplishment or reward. Oh, that's so easy. Um, the first one would be getting married. I did get married this year, so that's top of my list. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, the second one would be um, really finally taking stock of my health. This year I had a um, I had very serious surgery where I had to have an overgrown, um, a growth that had grown in my uterus. I had to have it removed. Um, and because of that, I was on bed rest for 90 days, which I thought was just going to ruin me. So paying attention to my health. Um, so that was the other accomplishment. Not so much of, you know, it was just deciding to have the surgery and also listening to the doctor and actually taking 90 days off. Um, it gave me so much more creativity oh, and also showed me the strength of my team at Flourish Media and their capabilities yeah. and how we really did put great processes in place that the business can continue. And a lot of people didn't even notice that I was sick, which is awesome. Oh, that's yeah, perfect. Right, right over here. And, um, See? and the last thing I would say is publishing my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood. That oh. was definitely it. Those are my top three. My wedding, my health, and my book that sums up your 2019 that's good I like that list (laughs) now that was the serious part of the interview and we're going to get into the fun random questions part which is my favorite because you just have to say the first thing that comes to your mind (laughs) okay are you ready fruit smoothie or green drink smoothie early mornings or late nights early mornings every time read the book or watch the movie Read the book. <laughs> what song do you have on repeat? Oh, oh God, what song would it be? Uh, you know what? I really like the song called I Like It. It's by DeBarge. Like, it's, it wasn't even alive when it came out, but I like the song. <laughs> yes. yes, I love <laughs> What is your favorite word or phrase to you? Uh, oh, my favorite phrase is give the people what they want. Oh, I like that. And if you could be any character from any TV show, cartoon, movie, or book, what character would you be and why? Oh, God. Who would I be? Who would I be? I don't even know. Oh, my gosh. I think, you know, someone, not that I, who I would be, because there's only one of her, but I enjoy her essence, everything about her. I like Wendy Williams. Oh, that's that's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then how can people reach you? People can reach me 
uh, at VivianOladen.com. Uh, that's the best place to find me. You can find all the different things about me, about Flourish Media, about my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, um, about my conference that I host once a year with my nonprofit, Flourish Media Conference, which is in February in Miami, Florida. All the good information is right there at VivianOladen.com. I appreciated this interview with you so much, Vivian. I learned a lot. And I just really enjoyed it. If you ever, ever, ever want to come back on Characters Here Podcast to discuss anything, let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much. I definitely will. This was very fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Characters Here Podcast. We would love to be a part of your life. So leave us a review right now. And remember, don't be a stranger. Be a character. Be a character. Be a character.